Welcome, beautiful souls. You are tuned in to Love Human, Be Spirit. With us, I'm Amy, a 3-5 emotional manifester, right angle, cross of Eden. And I'm Monique, a 1-4 splenic projector, right angle cross of the vessel of love. And we'd love to invite you to join us while we talk all things human and spirit through the lens of human design. We'd like to offer you inspiration, information, and lived experiences while we're on this human ride together. So buckle up or don't, your choice. We're here to celebrate your uniqueness and our own and offer a perspective that allows us to lean into what makes us special what makes us human. So let's do it. Get ready to laugh, cry, and everything in between. And we plan to have a lot of fun along the way. Hey, beautiful humans. Welcome to another episode of Love Human, Be Spirit. We are very excited to introduce this episode to our listeners. We have on a beautiful human today and um, her name is Brandy Jordan, and she is a 6'2 splenic manifester, amongst many other things um, that she gets into. But this is a person that we got to meet at the High Desert Human Design Conference, and it is a person that we have both fallen in love with. I know I have deeply, and uh, this woman shares so much wisdom on this episode in so many ways just by telling her story, and I just really want everyone going into this episode with an open mind and an open heart to hear all of the wisdom that Brandy has to share with us. And we also uh, want to say something else, right, Amy? Oh, yes. So you can tell, like with many episodes, we got right into this one. And I think I briefly mentioned that she was a 6-2 manifester, but we wanted to clarify that she is, in fact, a splenic manifester. She refers to herself as an ego splenic or splenic ego because she also has that defined heart. So we didn't want that to be confusing. There is a hierarchical, you know, um, way of getting to your authority. And so she does have a defined spleen and a defined heart. So that's why we're just clarifying that. And then I wanted to share that, you know, on top of what Monique said, this was such a powerful episode. This is one that you're likely going to listen to more than once. I would invite you to not necessarily be distracted, be available for all the messages she offers. Uh, Monique referenced it as it felt like a full-on life coaching session. And so just buckle up for that. You get a free one right here for, on Brandy. Um, and then I did want to offer, you know, Brandy's been through a lot. You're going to hear that in this entire episode. And when she does mention, hey, I want to give her trigger warning, I wanted to be, we wanted to be able to share right here at the beginning of the episode that there is a trigger warning um, probably about three fourths of the way into the episode where she does share um, where she was um, abused um, in her life. And so we just want to offer that you'll know when it's coming. If you want to forward through a couple of minutes, then you know, you won't have to listen to that segment. She doesn't belabor it and go on and on. It has a great message along with it. She doesn't share details, but we did want to offer the warning to our listenership. So we know this is a jam packed, um, beautiful episode that we can't wait for you to listen to. Yeah. It's really just become like, I think my favorite episode, Amy, I know I hate to say that. And it's not about like favorite person here, but in terms of the message that Brandy has to transmit and bring forth, it's to me, one of the most incredible messages that we've gotten the opportunity to bring. So I'm really excited about it. And I know you are too. And yes. I can't wait for everyone to hear it. Yes. Can't wait. Let's so get into it. 
Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Love Human Be Spirit. We are so excited yet again today. I know we say this at the beginning of every episode and we really mean it, right? So Monique and I have another star lined up to join us um, in our podcast today, but I want to check in with you first. Monique, how are you today? I'm doing so good. I am very excited about this one. Um, and you're right, we do say that a lot, but um, this is this is a pretty exciting one for, for me. I'm, I, I really like this human. So I'm going to go ahead and let you finish introducing. Yeah, so uh, we've shared a couple times now. You've heard us. Um, we got to go. We were blessed enough to attend the High Desert Human Design Conference in September um, out in Santa Fe. And our guest today is another one that we met in person first. Usually our guests are somebody that we've met somewhere in some way, but we didn't necessarily get to meet them in real life. And today we have the beautiful Brandy Jordan with us who we both got to meet at the conference and it was magical. And I am not even going to begin to, um, let's see, talk about what how Brandy uh, shows up energetically in the world, but I will share that she is a powerful female manifester as well and has a beautiful 6-2 profile. So Brandy, thank you so much for your willingness to join us today. And we would love for you to share whatever you feel called to share about yourself as we get kicked off today. Oh, well, both of you, thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for being such generous spirits. Um, that's something that I think is so valuable in the world that you are out here just sharing your heart and the hearts of others with everybody, reminding us all of um, our connectedness and our, our oneness in, in this uh, evolution. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here in the world and existing as your authentic selves. <laughs> Thank you for loving yourself because that just gives me permission to do it that much deeper. So thanks guys. Yes. Um, I am a, I am 67 trillion vibrating particles of light <laughs> in a meat suit <laughs> limited by this form, uh, watching myself develop into something that is valuable in the world through self-love. Um, I am a splenic ego manifester. I am someone that is here to transmute a message intuitively uh, that brings us into our higher self. I am a leader through the patterns that I see in the world. Um, I am a healer. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a lover of the deep and the dark. I am an ally there. I'm a warrior in that darkness, but not a warrior like we think of. I'm a, a love warrior. I bring heart into the darkness um, because where the, in my opinion, the darkness is where love begins and is where love lives. And so I like to provide an environment of safety and love in your darkest places so that you can fall in love with them. You guys didn't get the benefit of seeing and then she just shrugged like, and there you go. And there yeah. you go. Like that didn't all, all of that didn't just blow us all away. Right. I know <laughs> you manifestors and your ways. Oh, I'm like almost crying. Just you telling like, just you expressing your expression of who you are, man, is, is, is really beautiful. God, the way that you, um, that you speak and, and Amy and I had the pleasure of uh, going to one of your events when we were at the conference. And it just, I, I felt this when you were speaking at your event too. It's just the way that your words come out. Um, 
oof, they just make us feel things and it's incredible and it's so brave. And I love you for showing that that's a thing that yeah. we can be and do. I just, I love you for that. I fucking do. I just, yeah. I fucking love you too, sis. And, and you know what? It's so, it's so really cool that these modalities or these skills or these, you know, wisdoms that we use to try to love ourselves more deeply, allow us just to be ourselves. And then it becomes like this, it becomes this motor because once I realized that when I allowed my expression to come out, even though it's weird and sometimes the words I use are antiquated and sometimes I pause and maybe I'm poetic and maybe I'm nebulous. And I was always very insecure about those things. And, and so part of learning who I was, was allowing that to happen. And in the allowing that to happen, I received love when that happened, which made me stand up taller in that happening and, and like oh I can be nebulous and people can still love me and then I was even more nebulous and then even deeper love so it was like this it's you know the more I fall in love with myself the more you fall in love with me and 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 you know it's this divine selfish act of of radiating love <laughs> yes god yeah. very beautifully said For so real. we love to ask our guests like how design came into your experience mm -hmm. were you resistant to it you know were you like Jonah where you learned about it in 06 and then waited nine years to you know like just tell us what kind of what your story was and then you know whatever you feel called to share but then some of like the layers of the impact that it, it has then since had on you absolutely I love the story um this origin story is quite six lines really. I mean, all of us six lines probably have stories like this, but um, how I found human design, I'm going to try to take it back uh, in a brief story, but all the way to the beginning as uh, I was born um, with uh, methamphetamines in my system and diagnosed failure to thrive and was in an orphanage just kind of waiting to pass. Um, my um, foster mother found me uh, there and fed me in my caves in the dark. She says this to this day that she had to, that the only way I would take food is if she brought me into a dark room and held me. I'm calm, touch, digestion, according to human design. So this is the exact way to help my body thrive. But what had happened was I was sitting in a, you know, bassinet in an orphanage, not being touched, having a bottle held, right? With all of the other babies around me. So there's no way I'm going to digest any food. So this is from the very beginning. This has been my experience. So I'm in foster care. I go back to my mother. I mean, the whole time I'm, I'm the sixth line and I know that something is not right. Like from the moment I came here, I knew that maybe they just didn't know something. Like I was an alien. Like I shouldn't be here. Like I was born into the wrong family. So from the very beginning, I had been seeking and searching for self-love. I was born into a family that didn't have any of it. Um, and um and we're, we're just perpetuating the cycles of trauma and pain and suffering. And I was born with this gift of knowing that there was more than that. And so I have been seeking since, since I can remember, I have been seeking for uh, love of myself. Um, no one out there loved me, but I knew that I was lovable. But the message that I was getting was I wasn't. And it was like this fight that I had to find proof right? I'm, a, I'm an ego manifester. So I had to find proof that I was lovable. <laughs> and so this is, I went to 
as a young woman, I um, went to all of the religious studies. I went to a Catholic church on Wednesdays and I went to Christian church on Saturdays. And I went and studied the Zohar on Sundays. And I had Jewish, uh, or I had the Jehovah Witness come and sit on my my front uh, lawn on Wednesdays. Like I was, I was looking for God. And I had always been looking for God because I knew God was in me. But it was like, it was like he left the building. Like he had a house in here, but he had left. He, she, it. I knew it wasn't he, right? I'm just using language now. But I knew that there was creation inside of me and I was looking for that. And none of these religions felt like it was true. And I was very turned off. I just didn't feel the Holy Ghost or the spirit or the whatever. My sisters would come along with me. They got baptized into three different religions. They got so swept up in all of the, you know, magic of it all. But I never felt that Holy Ghost, that thing that people were supposed to feel inside. I'm like, there's no ghost in here. It's me. <laughs> right like there was just it just didn't make a lot of sense to me so um I got into the world of course my 14th year I had a child um and I became a mom and started momming and started trying to be successful in the world I uh am the first one in three generations to graduate high school I took her to school with me every single day I worked every day we did stuff together I just started getting busy being successful in the world thinking that that was the thing that would maybe make me love myself and so by the time I was 30, I was, um, by the time I was 30, um, I had been making six figures for maybe eight years. I had built real estate franchises. I was the, you know, top 30 under 30 real estate agents in the entire Las Vegas Valley. I had had four children. I had a husband. I had six houses. You know, I had all the things that everybody said were supposed to bring my, me love for myself and make me feel like I had done something good in the world. And I was dying inside. I had never been more empty and not myself, more tired, more, you know, militant with my children, not spiritually connected, you know, very soup Nazi with my business. I could sell a million houses in the world, but nobody fucking liked me. <laughs> So I was very empty and very hollow there too. And this is when um, uh, this is when my body started entropying. Because what I know to be true is when the pharmacopoeia up here lets itself loose in the chemistry of my body, that whatever it is that's going on in here is the way my body's going to show up. And I really hated everything about me at that point. I hated the way I showed up in the world. I hated how fake the world was. I hated how I couldn't find God. How maybe I was the broken one. And I was the devil or whatever that was here that couldn't connect with God. I just couldn't connect with why I was here. None of this was fulfilling and it was just depressing. Um, and I got mean. I got real angry and mean for a little while. And just stay the fuck out of my way. And I just, you know, this ego manifester thing, which is what made my body sick. So then my soldiers, my immune system went to work attacking my body lupus came over me uh i've had lupus since i was born but it it came into my system alive um started deteriorating my brain stem my joints um i was not able to work anymore i was barely able to form sentences my hatred for myself was just killing me from the inside out and i was ready to die i was so ready i was like look oh here's the end here it is finally i could maybe be gone like, finally, I could meet God, I could be with God. Finally, it was the end. 
I did what I was supposed to do. I've lived 67 lives in these 30 years. I've grown, my children are grown. I'm 30 years old and my children are already grown and out of the house. Everything is fine. I did my job. This is my mind. You did your job. It's time to go. So I enrolled a counselor in an assisted suicide program in Oregon. And what we did was we came together with my, my children, my family, because I didn't want to just leave and make it terrible. I wanted all of us to be able to get everything out on the table and talk about it and send me away with love. Something I knew and had studied was the Tibetan and the Egyptian books of the dead. And I understood the importance of the Bardo state. I understood the importance of the people who are holding my energy here on earth to be able to be the stewards of it in the afterlife. Um, and so I wanted to enroll my whole family in this idea that they were gonna steward me um, because now I had finished my job and I did really good guys, right? You know, this kind of thing. <laughs> um, and so in that process, um, one of the things that I had to do, uh, according to this therapist that I was working with, was go and work with Dr. Joe Dispenza. So I went to work with Dr. Joe Dispenza and I went to Spain and to Chicago and I did some of his experiments in 2017. These experiments were, I put this neurological equipment on my head and he measured my brain waves and he taught me a meditation technique to raise my Kundalini energy, to raise my cerebral spinal fluid, to tap on my pineal gland, to give me a mystical experience really is what that was doing. Um, all the while he had this neurological equipment hooked up to me so that he could see what my body was doing when I was in these mystical states. And so, these mystical states uh, gave me the only, I've done a lot of research um, since I've had these, I had two mystical experiences. One of them um, alivened my brain in a way that I cannot express. The only English language uh, that I could use to describe it is like, um, you know, that movie with Tom Hanks Big where he's dancing on the piano. It was like my brain and the different sectors of my brain were being lit up with light. And it was the song, this beautiful light song, the song of light. It was synesthesia, right? It was like being the everything. It was the song of light that was just lighting up all different parts of my brain. And I was, I have been trying to anchor, and I don't know if maybe for the rest of my life I'll ever be able to anchor what it was that I received in that experience. But I know that I know things and have access to things that I did not before. And I continue to through that symphony of light that got activated in my brain. And that was one of them. And then another one was when I was in Spain. Let me take you back a little bit. I had uh, this counselor that I was working with, this assisted suicide counselor that I was working with. She was my mentor in my 20s. She was the one that worked me and my children through all of our things. She put us on ropes courses in retreat settings called challenge. And at the bottom of the ropes course, she would be provoking all of the pain. And we would have to get through this ropes course with this, you know, like she would put us through these trials in our body to, to move the energy through. And she did that with me and my children. And this is who was helping me. At the same time, she was dying of lung cancer. She's also deaf, by the way. This woman was miraculous. She did all of this work completely deaf, reading lips. Even from ropes courses, energetically, she did this all from reading lips. So she's got lung cancer at the time. She goes with me to Dr. Joe Dispenza. So she's with me in the, the whole thing. In Chicago, she's with me. Um, she ends up dying before I go to Spain. She, lung cancer takes her. I get to Spain 
and we're having these experiences. We're doing the meditations. We're with the doctors and all the scientists and everything is great. Well, Dr. Joe decides to do something new he's never done before. He got inspired. And all of a sudden he was going to do this new thing that's going to teach our bodies how to do this everywhere. He always said, if you can go into heart coherence here, you can go into heart coherence anywhere. So he wanted to prove and put us in a chaotic situation so that we could go into heart coherence and he could prove to our bodies that we could do it anywhere. So I come around this goddamn corner after Carol's already died. And what does he have? But this most gorgeous three-story ropes course on the edge of the Mediterranean with the fucking rainbow. I have a picture of it, babe. With a rainbow in the back. And I'm, I just sob. I'm like, Carol's here. I'm like, I got this. I got this. I know how to do this. I've been raised on this one. I know this. <laughs> so I'm like the first one there. I'm like, fucking, I'm like ready. Because Carol has been preparing me for 10 years, putting my challenges right on ropes courses. So I'm like, I'm ready. I'm like, Doctor, help me up. Help me up. Watch. I'm ready to prove that I'm the first one, my 51, right? I'm a 51.6 and a 51.4. Here I am. Let me be the first one. I got this. So I get up there and almost immediately, I am in complete heart coherence. My field, I don't know if you've been in heart coherence, but my field is bigger than my body. I had access. Uh, I've done a little bit of research with like lions. Lions have the ability to know in a five mile radiance. They have the ability to like uh, send their energy or their aura into their field, five mile radius to know if something's a little off, something's a little different. That immediately, as soon as I got up there, my awareness went for miles. I could feel, taste, touch everything. That was the, it was, it was an insane experience. And then I got taken out of my body and I was this, I was in a completely different dimension and I was this light body and this light body. I've drawn, drawn pictures of this, but this light body is like this fat little blob. And I, and I remember thinking like, oh, my light body's a fat cell, a little chubby. <laughs> I remember thinking that, like my light body is, a, is voluptuous. <laughs> and it was holding my flesh body, this Randy's body, this body. But this body had no eyes, had no animation, had no nothing. It was just being held like open mouth, just, just like nothingness, nothing in the animated body, just the body. But my blob body was holding it and loving it and I was the light and I was the body and there was these two centuries like got, there were robes big huge it felt like men energy but it was like holding the space their hands were out like this holding the whole space around me and I was I was all of it and I kissed myself I spent probably 20 minutes kissing myself every single inch of myself and telling myself how much I loved myself like this light body was telling this flesh body that I that it is love, that it's been looking for love, but its existence is love. Like it's been, its eyes are out there, but its eyes are, it's got a, it, it is love and there's nothing but love. And kissed her and kissed her and kissed me <laughs> and told myself, and it was this whole experience of coming out of this flesh body only to realize I am love and everything is love. And it could never be away from it other than our perceived suffering. And then I got shoved back into this, this meat suit, like uh, this limitation uh, of the energy that we are. 
I got shoved, like it felt like sausage casing, like shoved back in here, the, that big old fat light body. <laughs> got shoved back in here and it's, and it, and then it was like busting at the seams with love and that everything is love and that only, the only thing that does exist is love. And I knew that, like I knew I had freckles. As soon as I came off of that ropes course, everybody, Dr. Joe looked at me, he kissed me right in the face. He said, you did it. You are glowing. And he kissed me right on the fucking mouth. I fell in love with him in that moment. <laughs> I fell in love with everything. I was in love with everything. I came home and I had my rheumatology appointment. I came home from Spain and I had uh, uh, to check my numbers. My lupus numbers had went from when I left to go to Spain, I had one bad soldier in every 250 soldiers. When I came back from Spain, I had one bad soldier in every 5,500 soldiers. Wow. This was a 12 day experience. I went from 186 allergies. I was allergic to every food. I was eating with an EpiPen. I was taking Zofran to be able to eat because my PTSD and my body would not let me eat anymore because I was going into anaphylaxis every time I would eat. So my brain was not letting me eat. There was all of these problems that I was having. I came home and they were all gone. I don't have to wear glasses anymore. I lost 80 pounds. I knew that I needed to figure out. So I came home, I got those results and now we're coming back to human design. This whole story is super important to know how important human design is to, to me and how valuable a tool this is. That's the only reason I went all the way back is because I, um, I, I got on my knees that day because I knew what God was. God was love and love was me. And so I got on my knees and I asked myself, and, and since that day, I've always asked myself, and I always answer my own questions. The God in me answers when I ask with honesty. And so I got on my knees and I said, I don't know how to fucking do this. But I know you showed me and I know you told me what everything is, but now I'm back in this casing and I don't know how to do this. I thought I did everything right and none of it was right. It was all wrong. Please take me or show me how to do this. And the next day, a man named Jason Norris came into my email box and asked me if I had ever heard of human design. I don't know who Jason Norris is. Never met that man a day in my life before or after. Uh, he just followed his body's intuitive knowing and came into my inbox from some group somewhere and gave me my thing. And uh, human design, I started reading it and it said all of the things inside of me that I still thought were wrong with me now that I was back in this meat suit, now that I was back shoved in here, those things that I thought were wrong with me still lived in here as density in the cells of my body. So even though I had this knowing that I was not any of that, I still had to live within the container of that. For fuck's sake, I had no idea how to do that because it kept re-fucking up my nervous system. It kept sending my nervous system into places that were not true and I knew it wasn't true, but my body had such a hold from the past memories. So human design told me, all, like put into language, all those things that were super dense in my body that I was holding onto as bad, wrong, and shameful, and they helped me let them go um, over time, obviously. That sounds so easy, but, but what human design did, so immediately when I met human design, um, I was in my metaphysical psychology PhD. I was um, getting ready to figure out what my thesis paper was going to be. What, I'm, what am I going to write this on? And I, I was very frustrated because I, in my sickness, and my illness, I wanted to leave something, a legacy or something, but I could never come up with a book or a thesis statement. I just, I knew everything 
was just fucked up and I didn't understand it. And the only reason I was going to school was to try to understand it. But then they wanted me to write this book about what I knew. And I was like, I fucking know. <laughs> that was before human design. Well, then human design came and I was like, ah. Oh. So just like Jonah, I'm a 40 in the second line. That's not what he is, but I'm a 40 in the second line, which is a gate of denial. This is what raw was. And, and I wanted to go, I went to work trying to prove it wrong. This was my thesis statement. The pitfalls of exact occult knowledge. This is what I was going to do. The pitfalls and misnomers of exact occult knowledge, which is what I thought this was, this occult knowledge that was so incredibly exact that you had to follow it like a religion. And I was like, fuck you. No way. <laughs> I was mad because I was like, there's no way that something like this exists. And I've 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 been in my master's program for psychology. I've done 3,000 practicum hours of counseling people, and I have never had a tool like this. And this shit exists and it's not being used. There's something wrong with it. So that's what I went to work trying to prove is there's something wrong with it. So for the first three years, I've just collected charts. I never gave a reading. I had probably 600 charts and lots and lots of pages of notes of people. Um, watching people and their designs and watching me and my design until finally I got called out to give community readings and then I started but but this whole time what was happening was I was learning how to I was learning you know when we're born and we, we sometimes we have parents that teach us how to nurture ourselves sometimes we're lucky enough to have parents that know how to take care of us but the most of us don't and even if they do want to take care of us they just don't know how so they give their best efforts but they just don't know how exactly you're designed to be nurtured and so this just taught me how to nurture my self this body into existence so that the energy that is love that lives inside of it could express itself like that's the 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 balance that I've been trying to do is stay alive in this body long enough to let it express the love that lives inside of it in its purity without nervous system dysregulation, without the corruption of my past lineages, belief systems about what shit should look like, but just real love embodied. That's what I know us all to be doing here. And so when I found human design, human design has helped me drop and put down everything that stands in the way of me being loved in the world. It just shows me that it's not true <laughs> and that all of this is mechanical. Not only is it mechanical, but it's designed in our favor. Every fucking step of the way, it's designed to give us exactly what we want and need and what feels good to us. If we just get out of the fucking way and, and realize that we don't know what the fuck we're doing, but what is being done will reveal itself in beautiful space and abundance if we let it. And so... I've just been following my body. So after I met human design, I walked out of my house. I left the pictures on the wall and the dishes in the dishwasher. I packed a fucking bag and I walked out and I decided to turn right when my body wanted to turn right and turn left when it wanted to turn left. Again, I'm an ego manifester. So you dare me to do something, I'm gonna fucking do it. And I'm like, well, I gotta learn this splenic intuition. I gotta fuck around and find out. So let me go fuck around and find out. So I got myself an RV and a truck and literally every stop sign I went to, left, right, left, right, left, right. You know, I was like, okay, body. Okay, body. Okay, body. I didn't have a bazillion dollars. I didn't have anything. I just did it like, all right, I'm going to jump into the void and the void is going to jump back. This is what Dr. Joe taught me. And so for four years, I've been doing that. Um, 
I'm entering my seventh year of this experiment and I'm only now coming back to solid ground and realizing I know fucking nothing. That all of this has just been a really cool experience, but I'm at the very beginning again of building a foundation of what this means in my life. And I think that that's the beauty of not only human design, but us being energy and form is that we get to continuously have a new movie if we let it happen and we gracefully let go what is not for us and move in every single moment into what is for us these movies become beautiful chapters in this this story um that none of us could have ever imagined if we just let it happen so Hey, you beautiful human. If you're ready to book your life-changing reading with us as a dynamic duo, where you are certain to be initiated and guided like never before. Good news. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes and we cannot wait to meet you. Brandy, that was such a beautiful, awe-inspiring and really soul-led, you know, um, story to your self-love. And, you know, I told you before we started recording, I mean, that's Monique and I focus on that a lot. And I feel like human design has, um, all the gifts within it that leads to the breadcrumbs of how we are meant, like what we chose for ourselves, you know, which is embodied in love. And so thank you for sharing that experience that just completely blew me away. And I'll be thinking about for a while. I cannot believe you spent the first three years collecting charts and just almost from a data perspective to prove it wrong, right? Like, aren't we all so wired to resist what ultimately is, you know, intuitively meant for us? That's right. Was, was there a point in those three years where you were like, huh? you know lots of points lots of points where I was where I so um there was lots of points and here's two things that happened one I would get more angry and more angry um at the whole world that I lived with and I know that's a futile anger but I would get so angry that there are so many people suffering and there's this fucking tool that if we all put our goddamn brains to it we could have something for all of us to stop suffering that pissed me off more than that I have spent $86,000 in debt and in my master's degree. And I have not learned this one tool that will change everything. It made me so angry. And then the other side, what it did was it showed me over and over and over again, how impersonal this is, how mechanical this is. The data just showed me that no one, one of us is doing this to any of us that we are all just doing us mechanically. And if we allow that mechanics to reveal itself, that nobody's doing any of this. And that was really eye-opening to me as a sixth line, as the observer is, is that, so if nobody's doing this, then none of us are ever wrong. And that's where this tagline is like, you can never fuck this up guys. That's what it showed me. Like this could never be fucked up. It is designed in our favor, even when you're struggling with it. And so it became such a love language. It allowed me to fall in love with the most horrendous stories 
of my childhood, the most heinous things that I thought that my caregivers had done to me or had let be done to me. I saw the mechanics. I saw the mythology. I saw the beauty and the gift in that trauma or violence or whatever that was. I saw just as plain as the nose on my face, how it was divinely choreographed in my favor. And I know that that can sound cliche and cheesy, like, oh, it's all for us. <laughs> but when you really see it, it feels like nurturing. It feels like that is my mother. That is my father. That is the thing that I call up when I don't know what's happening. And it nurtures me that knowing that this is just mechanical and it's in our favor. It's that reminder to me from the mom and the dad that I never had that says, it's going to be all right, Grady. Mm -hmm. Like here, right now you're safe and you can't fuck this up, baby. Mm -hmm. yeah. How did it change the trajectory of what you thought you were going to be doing with that master's program education and that kind of thing versus what you've mm -hmm. Allow, almost like I want to use the word allowed yourself to do yeah. and be, you know? Absolutely. A hundred percent allowed because I thought that I needed credibility in the world in order to speak the voice of my soul. I thought I needed a credential or a, I thought I needed to show somebody some shit about who I proved myself to be so that you would listen to me. And that is not fucking true. And so what I learned was there was, um, well, I kind of lost the, I, I lost the question a little bit, but where I was going with that was um, allowing. It's so funny. It's such an ego word, right? Allowing, like you could really like stop it from happening, but what you could stop from happening is your perception, right? So it's allowing a different perception. I'm not allowing because I'm not doing this. I'm just opening my perception to curiosity to see what love sees in what is actually happening. And is, is this what you do with others now it, it versus what you thought you were going to be doing okay. when you learned yeah. design and had to collect the data to disprove yeah. something, you know, yeah. for, and now like all of that was so heady, right? So yeah. logic based. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, and now what I'm finding, oh, thank you for bringing us back to the question. Thanks. Cause I got a little lost. Um, the shamanistic side is coming in now. So what I'm starting to find is that the allowing, right? The, instead of applying my head. So before, when I would sit in my practice and sessions, I would apply my head to give other perspectives to have the person's heart arrive in a place that felt like love, right? Well, have you looked at it this way? Have you looked at it this way? Have you looked at it this way? And then that person will find love in one of those perspectives. My gift is to be able to see the biggest picture and to, to give you stories about what it could look like. And then your body resonates to what feels like love to you. That's the way I would be in my empowering practice before it was using my mind to apply it to your scenario to and now it's like this it's an in-breath and an out-breath there it is a yin and a yang I follow my body into the places and spaces and relationships and then I allow my body to alchemize the energy and then I put my mind to seeing what happened and recognizing the patterns only after it's revealed itself through our bodies. So for instance, I will come in and do an entire shamanic journey just with the drum and talking and feeling whatever is happening in the field. 
And then I will sit down and we'll go into our heads and I'll pattern organize what it was that was in the field. Does this make sense? Yeah. Instead of your brain talking to my brain and my brain trying to give you what your brain needs and your brain telling me back if that's what your brain thought it needed, fuck that. That is just a circle jerk waiting to happen. Let's feel each other. <laughs> and then recognize the patterns in what we felt so that we can alchemize them into love patterns, love sounds, the frequency of love. Amen. So this that's is, the difference. I used to just think incredible. I was shit. <laughs> just incredible. Just incredible. Your share is incredible. Just your whole story is like I'm I'm just mouth open and taking it all in because it's just powerful stuff. Thank you for sharing all of that. Thank you for going all the way back and telling that whole story. Um yeah. even your origin story and everything is just really powerful. Um, you know, and I, I try not to like, think about like, try and guess who people are or whatever, but, um, God, you're so like uh, an example of like love radiation. Mm. It's just since the moment I met you, I mean, even before your talk, you know, I got, I met you quickly, uh, when we were getting, uh, Dewan was going to, um, do a talk and, we were both in the room and I was talking to you. I didn't know who you were or anything, but you were just immediately your energy is like love. It's just love. And it's like what, you know, how I, I love me and I love you. That's what I got yeah. like really quick. And it's incredible that you've, um, I mean, it's incredible period to be that way in this world. Okay. I struggle with that too. I get really angry at the world we're in and what we have to navigate. And um, it's for me really incredible to see an embodied human um just radiating that anyway you know it's very brave it's very hard and sometimes I think I don't know if it is for you but I it looks like it can be and it's just incredible it's incredible how you um your whole story I just I'm, I can't wait for everybody to hear this because it's so impactful and um I just thank you a lot I mean, thank you for that recognition and that mirroring and that heartfelt, um, I, I, that's a gift to hear because to be loved through the trauma and the chaos and the violence is why I'm here. It's the reason this energy came into this meat suit and I don't know any other story. So a lot of people hear my story and say, oh, oh and have so many things to say about it. But guys, I've not lived any other life as Brandy. And so this is the one. <laughs> and so there's no bad or wrong. There's no, you know, there's nothing for me to compare it to. There's just oh, such gratitude that I have been able to be the one that was given the job and the aura and the costume and the, and the armor, if you will, to be able to feel the depths of my, of, of, of sadness. Like why would someone do this to a young child? And then take myself out of that body. So I'll tell one more little story, trigger warning. Uh, there is um, sexual abuse. Um, one story that, uh, this is the, one of the most powerful stories of my life. It does make some people uncomfortable though. Um, one of the, 
I draw on this story all the time. Um, I was sexually abused as a child um, by one person uh, in particular uh, for a long period of time. Um, and it was violent and it was traumatic. And at the same time as that was happening, I was also, um, I had to go three houses down and clean a house to bring money back to me. So I cleaned this house for nuns. There was five mystic nuns. Obviously I didn't know they were mystic nuns back then, but looking back, they were the most mystical human beings I've ever experienced. There were five nuns that lived in this house. And I came over and cleaned that house every day. And these nuns knew exactly what was going on. I would walk in and after a while, after I got comfortable there, I remember she looked at me and she says, how long has it been happening? And I said, what? And he said, and she says that he keeps hurting you. And so she knew exactly what was happening. And I told her, and I said this and that. And she says, she taught me to go to the void. She taught me to leave my body. She says, here's where you'll go. And here's where you'll go and you'll go here and you'll be in the arms of God is what she would say. But the way that she would say it and the frequency in which she would say it with would like transport my energy out of my body into this place. It's like she would take me into this shamanic journey and that she would take me to this place and it was a cave and there was little seats all around it. And I would have people that I trusted in these little seats. And so this is where I would go. And then I would sit there with these people that I trusted and I would look back at him. And she taught me to look at him while he was on top of me and see the boy in him and see his pain and see his heart and see him as a little child as he was on top of me. And that gift, guys, that they gave me of being able to see what love sees in that moment. Yes, I was taught to leave my body and that's the downfall because it took me years and years to get back into this body after that trauma, but they taught me how to leave it and how to see him with love. Like they knew that I was brave enough to do the work to get back into my body. Those women saved my whole life. I am struggling to find words of meaning to even balance what you just shared, right? Find some harmony in what you just shared, but the way that you invite yourself to share it is again, just so impactful and so felt. And for anyone that's listening, thank you for giving the warning and we'll share it in the beginning as well. Um, but again, you're putting words to a way that you survived something. Mm -hmm. And, um, if we get to believe that we're brought into this world, not to be harmed, right. That's, that's not the, the intention, but they invited you to see the suffering that was happening in the person that, you know, you were a victim to. Okay. And I'm grateful that you were given the space to do that and that you can now see, they knew you had everything within you to help heal yourself, to get back into your body, you know, at the aligned divine time that it was meant mm -hmm. to, but in that time, mm -hmm. that's what you needed Right. That's I right. do believe we do the best that we can with what we know when we're mm -hmm. in the moments. And I also, I'm not a fan of the languaging when we know better, we do better. Cause I don't want to believe that I wasn't always doing my best. So it's right. when, I know, when I know differently, I'll do differently. Mm -hmm. and I think, you know, you, you got information, support, guidance, love to help bring you something that, you know, manifestors and one of those core wounds, something that you could control for yep. yourself in those moments. That's right. 
Oh, that's such a beautiful way to say that because that tool I've brought into each and every endeavor of chaos or of shock or whatever. And now I have the strength because they taught me to leave my body. And because I've spent the work to arrive back in my body. Now I got this, this this costume, I got this. I can. So when I was, uh, the reason I was saying that is because the in-breath and the out-breath. Now I am able to, there's times where Brandy almost sits here and something else comes. And then Brandy comes back just as simply as she left. But that was something I had to learn to in and out and in and out of this dimension of Brandy. And that's what they taught me. Are you, are, do you surprise yourself sometimes in reflection? Speaking of that in-breath, out-breath, you're over here. Say that you're in aura with someone supporting and guiding them through something. Are you sometimes like, I didn't even remember saying that or doing that or um, yes. And this is why I record everything because here's what's something else that I've noticed, a pattern of the universe, benevolent pattern of the universe. Um, and lots of our teachers have talked about this, but if you're not in the right perspective, it can sound harsh. Um, we are only here for ourselves. Um, I am only here for me. Everything I say to you is for me. And this is what I've noticed is that it's not me showing up to serve you. It's me getting out of my own fucking way so that the mirror of energy can tell me what I need to hear. Wow. Wow. I love that. I freaking love that. Because I I say um, almost in every client session, there's something, there's healing in it for me too. This is about me, sis. I know you paid me, but this is about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And see, I feel like I just want our <laughs> listeners to hear this. Brandy has all four gates activated in her heart center. Okay. <laughs> Where all four of mine are wide fucking open. And so it's like you've given yourself the spaciousness and the truth of letting yourself authentically say that. And however it falls on anybody else isn't yours to carry, you know. Nope. But but what ends up happening is I often feel like you're giving me permission to let myself have that, even though it's not consistent, you know, we're using human design words, but it is available. All parts of my design are available to me. Absolutely. And you can become the alchemist of that design. That's right. It's like, I bring people, once you know your design, you rise above it. It's the raft, not the shore. And then you, you know, you can experience everything, all 64 gates and all of their beautiful lines, but you are not that you are this, but you have access to all of that. Yes. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, this, I'm the, this defined ego says it that way, but here's the thing that I've learned is that, that I had to get through and any defined egos that are listening right now, this is something that I've worked through is that in order to be motivated to move, I got to get paid. You, you got to either love me, feed me or give me money in order for me to move for you, for me, for anybody. And so when I move brand, when I get motivated to move Brandy out of the way and say whatever it is that I say, you paid me for that. And I get something from it too. Yeah. But I need to be, I need to be resourced in order to be activated. <laughs> yeah. There's an energetic exchange for everyone involved. Right? That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. how you said that. I need to be resourced for it to be activated. That's it's right. just, it's very, um, very important. I only have one ego activation, but it's there. And um, yeah. I'm learning, I'm learning a lot about it. It's my only motor, like, like you, right? Yeah. Um, You know, you also have a completely open sacral. I'm noticing. Mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't remember that from, yeah. Um, 
And uh, what do you, uh, I have one gate activation in my sacral, a little 14 hanging there. Um, oh, that's how we connect. I've got the two. Mm. Yeah. Um, also your chart is, I remember when I saw it, I was like, wow, it's almost like mine, except you have a defined head, but we have similar <laughs> centers defined. It like blew me away. I'm like, um, I, I, something that we say a lot on this show is, you know, we chose this for ourselves. We say that mm -hmm. a lot, right? We mm -hmm. chose this. To, I chose to be a splenic projector. One day earlier, I would have been a splenic manifester because I met a girl at the conference, her birth year same as mine and one like less than 24 hour difference in our birth times and she was a splenic mm -hmm. manifester um so I chose this and Amy and I will joke a lot like I'll joke that like my projector ass was like I know I'm not ready to be that manifester in this lifetime so maybe that's why um but hearing you hearing you uh share all of that with with us and your whole story um you know I I can I can see how somebody could throw back like oh, you chose that for yourself? Really? Like you chose that, you know, to go through all that stuff. Um, you know, how do you, how do you justify that or, or whatever? And, and you know, that's Ooh. something that we kind of hear a lot, but I wonder if you have any words to share there. I certainly do. Um, and in this choosing, um, I want to go back a little bit because I think mm -hmm. it's a, uh, it's a unity, a, a mm -hmm. consciousness of energy that chooses the story. And then we like little candles from the sun right it's the sun that chooses the story we each have a little role as the candle that comes down mm -hmm. from the sun the one little flame right but we are all the sun you were the sun and i'm the sun and so i decided to have this story and now there is you and there is you and there is you fulfilling the story mm -hmm. playing our parts iterating the fractal of the story because the story keeps going over and over and over and over again in all of its different parts until every single perspective is seen and then that may be truth but then it'll start again so this is never finished this is just the movies over and over and over it's like we're sitting in the movies all the time um what i want to say about choice <laughs> this always makes me laugh <laughs> Because people say, you know, we say because we have a very limited human perspective, yes, we chose this costume. But I don't think it's as easy as that. I think it's um, this costume chose us. <laughs> you know, the story chose this energy to live it. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, more than that, too, I, I want to say that this is all a... Uh, the story that we're all living, these um, perspectives are our only choice. This is what I like to go back to because choice always giggle, makes me giggle. Perspective, the way that we put our eyes on the thing, there are 360 degrees or 360 ways to put your eyes on one thing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 360 ways to see this one tiny thing. Mm -hmm. And so what we're all doing, let's say this one tiny thing is codependence. And in my lineage, codependence runs pretty strong. So my grandma had this perspective. My mom had this one. I have this one. My sister has this one. My sister, my other sister, and then my nieces, and then my grandbabies. And then my, you know, everybody is playing one, is, is realizing one perspective of the story of codependency. And then when we get to the end of it, one of us breaks the fucking chain and we start a new story. But, but each of us is 
lending to consciousness because consciousness wants to know what it's like to be codependent. So it creates little constituents. So if the sun's idea was, let's figure out what it's like to be codependent in form. I know what it's like in theory, in energy, but let's put it in form. And so it puts it in form long enough to experience every single aspect of codependency. And then it evolves through it into the next one. And that's, I mean, that's only step 19 in the 64 step process. <laughs> so we're just one energy coming in and out of form, completing the evolution of consciousness of what it means to be consciousness in form. The energy that we are, the I am that animates all of our meat suits knows everything that could be to be known. It's the, the alpha and the omega. Everything is known. Like, I try to apply this to Google, right? Google. Google knows everything there is to be known, right? Let's say that. Or it can continue to grow itself to know everything it could be to be known. But Google cannot be informed to experience what it knows. Only I, as the questioner, can say, and either put in or take out from Google what either I think, my perspective, my storyline, or I can ask it questions to get the answers from everyone else's storylines that have ever existed. This is when people tap into that Akashic. They become real silent and ask a question and the answer comes. That's because we have access to the universal Google, the collective unconscious. And that is the thing that is trying to evolve itself through our form. Does this make sense? Mm -hmm. It knows everything it knows to be true. Like Google knows why this is happening, but Google has never fucking done that thing. I love it. I love it. The universal Google inside of us all. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's and we're uh, all just contributing to it. We're all right. contributing to it in, in yeah. the form of our perspective of codependency from our lineage. Yeah. I hear so much. Um, I hear so much like expansiveness when you talk like every, you know, because uh, even in, even in the question, uh, you know, we chose this. It's like smaller and you opened it, right? Like, I love that. I love that about you so much because as humans, we're so used to just, you know, we, we use the words we have. We use the, the perceptions we have, the questions that we have and and um, until we hear something else. And then we're like, oh, yeah. oh my gosh. I could look at it like that too. And like, yeah, I just, God, I like, I just, I love that you, um, that you do that. It's like you open, open. Well, I'm what what you're hearing is 24 as my personality mm. son, which is mm. bringing the concepts of the unknown into the form. But what you're also hearing is my 6364. I see the big picture in order to rationalize the concept right now, then gracefully 22, 22. transmute mm. 47, um, your oppressive thoughts into intuitively right 26 mm -hmm. ego power intuitively 57 into 10 to your highest self mm -hmm. yes yeah uh, you tied that in a beautiful bow anybody that's listening let yourself mm -hmm. rewind that and connect those dots for yourself in the chart you'll learn a lot mm -hmm. from what you just shared brandy which is just really powful i think mm -hmm. that opening that you're reflecting on monique i'm letting myself visually see what you empowered yourself to do probably you know in that challenge right when you were kissing yourself and finding yourself finding that it was just like you were empowering yourself to expand past all the limitations you'd ever experienced in your life which held That's you right. back from being the UESU you now get to be in the meat suit right like in, yes yeah yes 
exactly. And, and I'm still stabilizing, you know, I've developed lots of tools to be able to stabilize this nervous system because this is a nervous system that has been around. It's primal. It's ancient. You know, it has a lot of things that aren't even mine in it, (laughs) you know? So there's, there's, I think it's always the process of stabilizing the nervous system in the new knowing stabilized. No, stabilize. No, stabilize. No. Wow. Where do you see yourself going from here, Brandy? Um, I, um, okay. So I'm going to be real vulnerable right now. The thing that I'm working on is grounding myself in the unknown of resources, food, sex, territory. I don't know. I mean, I signed a lease. Oh my goodness. I know that sounds a little crazy going from a homeowner, but I've been a wanderer. I've been just following and, you know, trusting that everything is going to be there when it, 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 it's needed. And so where I see myself going from here is, is stabilizing and anchoring my nervous system even deeper into the knowing that everything I need is here when I need it. And so balancing and nurturing this beautiful, brilliant mind that I have when it goes overboard and says yeah. it needs to fucking figure everything out. Mm-hmm. Nurturing, oh, baby girl, I love you. Uh, I spend more time touching and kissing myself than I do anything. I am always, oh, baby, I love you. I know it's okay. It's okay. I am always doing this. Like just, that's nervous system. So what I'm saying is this is the work that I'm really doing right now. And the fact that I have financial commitments that my splenic authority said, oh, fuck yes to. But my brain is like, Oh, but babe, that means you actually have to work hard. You actually have to go do this. And maybe, oh, you don't have a job. <laughs> Makes myself laugh, but my mind bullies me all the time that I don't have a job. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I am. And what I'm also doing right now is stabilizing my nervous system in relating to a beloved. And so what I would like to do in the future is I want to, I want to teach or come together in conscious relating and in sensuality because now that i've arrived in this body in a new way it has feelings and bliss and ecstasy and sensuality that i do. <laughs> <laughs> and i want i am so arrived and in love with this body that i have been experiencing these ecstasies of you know it's it's sexual for sure but it's also the ecstasy of watching the golden flowers or the golden leaves turn right now has sent me into like ecstatic physical sensations and i want to bring this into the world because i think that it's such a powerful tool that feel good that it's the nervous system i was celibate for for five years completely celibate no relationships no self-pleasure no nothing I then got into relationship, had this experience and realized that co-regulation, touching another human being is the most healing thing that has ever happened to me, ever. Well, think about what you didn't get, what you didn't get, you know? But I didn't know that. So those five years that I've been this self-growth, this healing, this, all of this, I have deprived myself of the number one healing modality that, that could just open me and expand these senses in my body. And so now that I have learned this, I want to 
I want to come together in conscious relating in a way that allows you to be you and me to be me without the contracts of this or that, or you can't be with somebody or I can't be with somebody because if your body, your emotional authority sends you into a relationship and I'm your beloved, what kind of fucking beloved would I be if I didn't allow you to go and have that experience? If I stopped you from being the fullest expression of your humanness in this world, because of my insecurities, right. because of my, you know, I, I, so I want to move, this is what I'm moving into with my beloved is learning how and building the foundation of how to be our highest selves freely, 55 yeah. and 10. <laughs> we are coming together and learning how to be free as our higher selves and still love, be loved in the same breath. Oh, Brandy. God, mm-hmm. preach, sister. We need a lot more time to go into that one than we have today. <laughs> so that's where I'm going. I am establishing my nervous system in the world around me to experience bliss in all of the ways that this human form can. Amen. God. Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, I think this is the least amount of words I've said on any of our episodes ever. Because usually I can't like stop talking, but like I just... I am taking you in. I just want to follow you around. I want to like be near oh. you and like follow you around. Do you do you offer a service like that? Can I follow you around <laughs> for a few days? Maybe I'll see. I'll see what works out. <laughs> no, I did. I did have one one time where I went to a family's house and I stayed there for four days and I impacted every single time I oh saw something. Yeah, of course you time. did. And of then I had to leave because I hated my guts. But <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to be impacted that long. All the time, right? Yeah. Well, maybe I do. Maybe I just want to follow you around for a week. I just want to be near you for like a week. I just, God, I love you. I love your energy. I love, I love how you share. I think that you're so important and special for this world right now. I just, I am so glad to know you. I'm so glad we got to have you on. I feel like we need to have you on again because I have so like so many more things that I want to know, but like, I still am taking in everything you said because it was, it was so incredibly important and uh, valuable, valuable stuff. Um, yeah. I feel like what no. was shared today was so beautiful. So not scripted. We just, which is what we do anyway. And, mm-hmm. and, um, part two will be at some other yeah. point in the future. Right. <laughs> I would love part two. I love these conversations. They deepen intimacy for all of us. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my right variables love to be asked questions. So anybody who's listening, who says, don't ask manifestors questions, just check and see if they're projected manifestors and if they have right variables, because I need the questions. The questions bring out, allow Brandy to not think she knows what you want to hear. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think we witnessed that together, Monique, right? That workshop, Mm -hmm. because we got to ask you questions and it was almost like, you came out, I mean, you just, you opened wide up and like, Mm -hmm. it was, it was very felt and very powerful. Definitely. It sure was. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for being in the world and part of us edge pushers who are everybody who's listening, who's pushing the edges of what we know to be true Mm -hmm. as humans. So thank you for letting me be here and express myself. And Brady, we always ask, you know, how do you want people to find you? We'll put it in the show notes. Okay. You can share it here as well, you know? Okay. Um, Awakeandinlove.com is where you will find my Facebook and Instagram and email and all my offerings. Awakeandinlove.com. Oh, 
And um, Richard Corbin and I are going to be doing a yin yang retreat here in Santa Fe, I think in December, where he's going to be doing a living your design course. He's going to be doing the yang and I'm going to embody every single chapter. I'm going to be doing an embodiment exercise to bring us from the brain into the body in that aspect. So we're going to be doing that in Santa Fe in December. Yes. Oh, cool. Definitely have that in the show notes too. Yeah. Anything you've got for us from that perspective. Okay. I'll send you those things. Yeah. Mm. We're so grateful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I I am lit up. I am lit up. Thank you. Yeah. I have a lot to think about for the rest of the day and probably a lot of time, you know, past today. So we just appreciate the time that you were able to give us today. And, um, you know, if anybody wants to question you navigating, loving yourself, they they didn't listen to this episode. You might want to rewind. (laughs) Good luck. Good luck with that folks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a, what an embodiment of self-love that you really, um, display. And I, I just, uh, for me, it's, uh, it's just, it's a real gift to witness. It's such a gift. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I feel the same way. Again, this is one of those moments where I'm like, holy shit, I just got to do this. And I just got to re-infuse the light of love in my body. And that's what this design has given me is opportunities to do that over and over and over again. Amen. God, it's so true. And, Thank you so And much. I'm going to hug myself more, like you said. Yes. I love that you said that. Our listeners can't see, but Brandy was hugging herself and, and holding her face and holding her shoulders. And just, um, I wonder how many of us don't do that regularly, right? And um, I know I do it sometimes, but God, I love that you said that you do that more than you know than you touch anybody else and why shouldn't we this is this is we're our star player right we're the ones you know I mean it's just um it's crazy that we're not like ingrained with that but I think that's changing I think like you said us edge pushers are starting to change that and us as, as parents are starting to change that for you know with our offspring and stuff but um man oh man what a shift if everybody just started loving themselves like that huh Yeah, and the great to... news is, is that we are doing it. Yeah. 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 We, it's happening. It's yes. happening. Yeah. It's happening. We're yeah, trying to that. put it out there more and more, right? Because yeah. if yeah. we model it, then we give permission to others to do the same. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. Oh, oh ladies, I don't want to go, but I have to. Yeah. And I love you both so much. And I thank you again so much, Brandy, for being on with us. Everybody mm-hmm. listening, I hope that you were sitting down for this one because there was a lot to take in here. Yep. And, um, I just, I've re-listened to it. I, yep. I know I'm going to like again and again, I can listen to you talk all day. I really Me could. Too. Yes. Yeah. Thank um, you guys. have a beautiful day, everybody listening and everyone love yourself till the next yes. time. Right. Right. You cannot fuck this up. That's right. I love that. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We hope you found it inspiring and digestible. If you like what you heard, it would mean a lot to us if you'd take a moment to follow us so you'll be notified when new episodes are released. And if you're feeling really generous, please share and review our podcast as long as it's a five-star review. Otherwise, never mind. Maybe just keep that to yourself. And lastly, if you're new to human design or just curious to learn more about your own, Amy and I both have offerings for that. 
We also have an extensive human design community that we belong to. So if we don't feel like the right fit, we can certainly guide you to someone who is.